0: It's the number one community in the world that you can't get back once it's gone, time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmook, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the time queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that supports your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, everyone. So today, I have a special guest, Charlotte Mother, and she is clinical hypnotherapist, energy practitioner, and mindset coach. She helps female business owners who struggling with self-belief to create confidence and reprogramming their mindset for success and abundance. Thank you so much for joining me today, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, wow. I mean mindset coach again but how are you
1: different? So I I like to shorten all the hypnotherapists, NLP practitioner, mindset coach, I like to shorten it all into hypno coach um, because my particular type of coaching blends in the hypnotherapy and the NLP and it blends it into one program so I work across all the modalities with my clients so yeah I just I like to go by hypno coach it's just shorter and sweeter
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i see your details and like wow that's unique
1: yeah yeah and it's uh, i started out as a hypnotherapist um about t- 2 years ago now and then that naturally evolved into coaching because when the client comes for a consultation there's no hypnosis it's just a, a conversation asking questions and and the key to good hypnotherapist ask the right questions so you understand what the client needs so I added the coaching and I was always interested in NLP as well so I thought why not yeah why not (laughs) yeah it's a great tool and I love uh, Tony Robbins I've been to see Tony Robbins in London and I was just like wow this is amazing
0: (laughs) yeah I know right and it's actually day-to-day skill that you can adopt if anyone yeah. don't know about that yeah, yeah. i mean these That's- things are very important
1: exactly it doesn't necessarily have to be in a coaching client or a therapy client relationship like you say day to day um you know talking with friends and family or at work if people you know go to work and they work in different types of roles i used to work in sales and i look back at that now and know that i was already using nlp in sales and just naturally so Yeah. So
0: tell me a little bit more about when you were younger, how you become a hypnotherapist coach. Yeah.
1: So, so I'm 40 now. I turned 40 this year. Oh, you look amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was a big 40 this year. And um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, once I kind of left school and I had a lot of options yeah, I could go to university. Obviously, I could get a job. I didn't really know when I was a child. I wanted to be an actress. So
0: you can obviously. You're beautiful.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, and you know, I wanted to kind of go on stage and and be in the movies and things. But I was really smart at school, so everybody said you should go to university or you should. Study. you should, you know, go and get a career in corporate or lawyer or something like that. And I, I didn't want to, but the pressure of you, being a teenager, the pressure, right? You just do what everybody thinks you should do. Um, and I didn't have the confidence to fight against it for what I really wanted. So I fell into that trap of going to work, studying, going to work, um, started to earn money, took on responsibilities, married my childhood sweetheart. We're still together. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, we met when we were 11 and we're together now, so. Wow. Um, Children came along and then, and then I just started to feel stuck then. So I pushed my dreams to one side and I started to feel stuck and I felt this loss of identity. You know, I'm now mum, I'm now wife, I'm now corporate, you know, executive. Um, I didn't feel like, I was like, who's Charlotte? Who is she? Um, I felt lost. And I I got to probably early 30s and really started to feel, I'd say depressed. And I had a lot of panic, a lot of um, confusion and anxiety around what is my life? What is this? um so I started to do a lot of soul searching so finding things just that I was interested in I was always interested in the mind psychology how the brain works um how we make our beliefs all those sorts of things how we form habits always really interested and intrigued by it so just for my own self-development started to read the books by Tony Robbins and Richard Bandler um started to look at things outside of my day-to-day life so um, I first trained in Reiki and I still do some Reiki now so I, I found Reiki um, and I went to the kind of mind body spirit conventions started looking at crystals and just dabbled in everything and then at one of these events I went to listen to a talk on hypnosis um, and you know when you have if you've ever had one of those moments where it's like a light bulb comes on and it's almost like everything else fell away. And what this man was saying, it was like he was talking about me and what I should be doing. I just thought, that's what I need to do. That's that's going to capture all of my interests and my skills all rolled up into one i wanted to help people i was interested in the mind i love to talk (laughs) so as a hypnotherapist i get to talk a lot (laughs) um and it just it's you know there's, there's a science behind it but there's also the mystery and the intrigue and it just it wraps everything up in one big gift for me and i went out of that room and i booked myself on the first course that i could find to study to be a hypnotherapist and, and it just went from there. Once I started to help people, I realized that, you know, when they say, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's, that's what it felt like. And I did that alongside my corporate job, working 50, 60 hours a week for around a year. So seeing clients around my job, um, which was, which was tough for, you know, it was tiring but it it lifted me up, it lifted me out of that dark place. Um, But the more I did that, the less I wanted to do my job. And I kind of felt, okay, I need to take the leap and do what really makes me happy. And I would realized in my job, that I'd always felt like an imposter. And that's why I work, especially with clients that have imposter syndrome. My whole career, I felt like, I'm gonna get found out. I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. And just that feeling of being disconnected from it all, and mainly that I wasn't good enough because I didn't go to university. Um, I didn't have the maths degrees. I worked in an analytics company. Didn't have maths degree. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't the typical um, person that worked there. You know, I, I was kind of loud and outgoing and and silly sometimes you know and and I felt like I needed to fit in and I just didn't um but looking back that wasn't about me fitting in it was about how I felt really so it was all about confidence and and belonging so just now being able to help people with that is really rewarding
0: yeah you mentioned about fit in I have I have a lot of issue about fitting in in any society because I travel a lot and I get to meet new people quite often. I mean, don't talk about the COVID period, but like in general before that, um, I, I really get to know many people because of that and like from here, I have been living in UK for two years, but I really not feel fit in like for sure. And I discovered at the beginning of this year as well, that it's actually because of me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel confident enough
1: to get myself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's common feeling, isn't it? It's, it's something about our identity um, and our beliefs about ourselves and where we fit and things like that. And it's often, it's not true, it's just constructed in our own imagination.
0: Yeah, it just, it's just because of me. Like every, every issue I found is because of the way I think. And the more I concur to my fear, the more success I get, surprisingly. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's true for
1: myself. I, I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. And you, you make a really good point about conquering fear it's not about not feeling the fear you know we can't always remove the fear um but it's about pushing through it and overcoming that fear and 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 understanding where it comes from as well I mean often these things that come up for us later in life imposter syndrome not feeling enough lack, lack of confidence can come from being a really small child often it's Things that happen, they don't have to be traumatic. It doesn't have to be awful, but just things, you know, with the way our parents are, or the way our siblings are, or our relationships, or some the, the, our experience of school can all affect our psychological kind of view on life. So it doesn't. People think, "Oh, I had a really nice childhood." It can't be anything that happened then, but it can be the smallest. smallest thing not being invited to a party or um, not getting the best birthday present compared to your siblings or something because as a child they're big things yeah now they're not but as a child they were really big things you know i had a birthday party when i was eight and nobody turned up nobody so as an eight year old i sat and cried and I felt massive amount of guilt because we didn't have a lot of money and my mum had paid for this party and it made me feel like I wasn't worthy, like I wasn't lovable and that then impacted my mum who I loved and I felt responsible for that at eight years old. Yeah, that-
0: I mean, yeah. I, I totally, understand. I work on feeling guilt because of I had like health issue last year and I work on feeling guilt because I make my mom feeling bad. Like exactly what you just mentioned. And it's actually true that that exactly what I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These are really strong emotions that can come from quite small events really. But when you're a child, like I say, they're, they're big events.
0: Yeah. Um, not, not even when we, I was younger, but like right now I'm still like feeling guilt about that. I have to work on it
1: though. But like...
0: It's true that uh, no need to be childhood trauma, right? That that caused you to behave some certain way that affect you currently. Wow. Okay, keep coming. That's just- Yeah, so,
1: so I work a lot on um, regressing clients back to when they were younger and where the feeling first starts. Um, and people don't always know. This is why hypnosis is really powerful. So I'll give you an example that I like to share. Um, I had a client who was afraid to fly. Um, He didn't really understand why he was afraid to fly consciously and logically. He knows it's safe. Everybody else flies all the time. Um, He couldn't understand why he had this fear. And I said, well, where do you think it came from? And he said, oh, I watched a film. There was a plane crash in it. And I remember feeling scared. And um, I said, oh, how old were you then? He said, oh, 15 or 16. And I thought, okay, that's that's later than I would expect a fear to come on with, with just by a film. I would expect it to be some sort of um sensitizing incident that caused it. And um so I offered to to help him with his film, regressing back. Um so I regressed him back and at first he went to being 15, 16, watching this film. And I said, something didn't feel right. I said, is that the first time you felt the fear or have you felt it before? He says, I felt it before. I said, okay, I want you to go back all the way back, right the way back to the very, very first time you ever felt like this. and like, Be there now. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> So we did that. And I asked him, are you inside or outside? He says, I'm outside. I said, are you on your own or with someone? I'm with someone. Who are you with? I'm with my dad. I said, okay, what are you doing? He said, we're in, we're in the garden. I said, okay, what happens next? And he said, oh, my dad um, pulled my arm um, and I'm a, he's made me jump. I'm a bit scared. Um and oh, I'd first asked him how old he was. He said he didn't know. I said, Look down, how old do you think you are? i said about four. So he says, My dad's pulled my arm, and I said, Okay, what happened next? He said, Oh, he's pointing up at the sky, there's an aeroplane. I was like, Okay, what happens next? And he said, He said to me, If we were meant to fly, we'd have wings, you'd never get me on a plane. And it was like, Okay. How does that make you feel? He said, well, if, we're, if my dad says we were me- if we're meant to fly, we'd have wings. We're not supposed to fly. And so, you know, you understand that from a really benign saying that his dad had said, just because his dad was scared of flying, it had passed on to the son. Mm. And the, at four years old, the conclusion he'd made was, well, I haven't got wings, so I can't fly. So flying is bad. And it had just set this seed then. And so, throughout his life, you then look for things of supporting evidence to support that fear. And this film with a plane crash, and anytime there's an accident, it feeds in and this fear grows. And he couldn't remember that consciously, that memory. And when I brought him back, you know, he said, "Um, I don't have any recollection of that, but it was so, felt so real. So, how do you feel now? He's like, "I, I don't know. Um, obviously I don't, it's not, it's not true what my dad said and, and this fear isn't necessary. I was like, okay, how do you feel about flying? How do you feel about the thought of it? It's like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything now. I feel like it's all a bit silly. Um, And then obviously you don't know if it's worked right there and then because he's sat in my room and not on a plane. But two weeks later, he sent um, a text message that he was on a plane to Ibiza and he didn't feel scared at all. Um, That no fear had come up at all just by recognising that it was irrational and it was from a four-year-old's perception and he's not four anymore. So with his adult wisdom of being a grown man, he was able to reconcile that memory and apply logic to it. And the fear went away. So it's the same with our other fears, a fear of not being enough, of not being loved, um, where you know the lack of confidence or self-belief comes from. It's exactly the same. Once you can recognize where that started you can you can apply logic to it and you can you can kind of just take out the 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 root cause really and then it just kind of it's it's amazing it just dissipates it just seems to fade away like the fear was never there Um, and it's it's the same with with all of our fears really if you can find the incident that caused it um you can often just remove the fear and It's not always as straightforward as that, as you can imagine, but with fears and phobias particularly, um, with things like fear of, um, being seen and, and putting yourself out there and imposter syndrome, there are, there are more layers to it, but ultimately you're just peeling off those layers of learned behavior, conditioning, limiting beliefs, and just getting the person back to how they should feel because you know, children, babies have all the confidence in the world, right? They yeah. fall over, they get back up, they jump into water, they, they, they're they fearless. They don't think, they don't worry that anyone's looking at them, laughing at them, doesn't like them. They think everybody likes them. Yeah. So it's taking people back to that belief in themselves. So how
0: to unlock those limiting beliefs? help them to move forward better.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so by um, removing the limiting belief or exchanging it for an empowering belief, mm. then, they can, then they can start to um, look for evidence to support that empowering belief instead. That's how the mind works. And I always compare it to when I got a new car, driving home, I saw lots of those types of cars. They seem to be everywhere. I I hadn't noticed them before when I was pregnant. Pregnant women everywhere hadn't noticed them before. So if you've got a belief, you'll look for evidence to support it. So if you can change that limiting belief to an empowering, strong belief, then you'll find the evidence.
0: Ah, so in that sense, how we should train our mind to look for the more positive thing to support us to move forward easier
1: yeah yeah so um affirmations are really good for that so if we um if we think about the subconscious mind it's very receptive always listening always believes what it's being told so if i tell myself i'm no good i'm no good i'm no good the subconscious okay you're no good will look for all the evidence if i tell myself I'm, I'm, good, I'm, good, I'm good enough, I'm good at this, I can do this, I really can do this, it'll look for all the evidence, all my successes and things like that to support it. Now, with hypnosis, you kind of open the receptiveness, if that's the right word, of the subconscious. So you kind of get a direct route in because you've got your subconscious believing everything, but your conscious mind is that voice in your head that's the that's the critic, that's the inner voice that's the 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 part of you that's that's feeding your subconscious. so affirmations can be positive or negative. so if you're saying, "I'm no good, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, that's what your subconscious is accepting. So some people can find it really hard to replace that negative affirmation with a positive one because it's so ingrained. Um, and that's where I think hypnosis is really powerful. And so listening to an audio in, in the nighttime, you know, it's going straight in. Conscious mind is asleep, but your subconscious is listening. So it can be fed that new information. And it's amazing that my audio is that I ask people to listen to for 21 days, they feel completely different. And all they did was sleep with <laughs> some earphones. So. <laughs> Um, But it can completely change someone's life. Um, And then you start to look for all the positive and you start to look for, you recognise your own success. Because imposter syndrome really is the inability to internalise our own success. We don't see it as success. We just don't recognise it. That's really what imposter syndrome is because it's often very successful people. People good at what they do they feel like they're gonna get found out or then they're, they're not as good as everybody else. Um, that's because they don't recognize their own success. they recognize it in other people, but not themselves. So, feeding the subconscious information about that success is really powerful.
0: Mm, yeah, you are the second person who tell me that imposter syndrome already happened with, with actually successful people. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. If, yeah, so. I, I, I find here's what I have learned in the past few years that I have experienced this thing. It's hard to accept help from other people. Um, it's not easy to feel like I am good enough. Like this, these are the things that happen quite often. And also being hurt is also another issue that um, I think not only me, I have talking to many people that experience the same way as me, like at certain point. And it's combined to that we not appreciate like that now that is happening. We, we not really look around ourselves. We, we have anxious, right? Because we think too further ahead and we really want to get there. But then we stuck in the past because we keep depressed on it. So being a human
1: is quite complex though. <laughs> It's very complex. The mind is so complex and fascinating, but it's so powerful. And if we just learn how to harness that power for our benefit, rather than have it work against us, if it works against you, it can destroy you. But if you can harness that power and have it work in your favor, then you're powerful beyond measure. The human mind has the capacity to achieve anything so it's just learning to harness that power and and believing in ourselves um and you you made a good point about sort of comparing or or looking ahead and if i can just get there if i can just do this if i just achieve this and and that's right we're not living in the now and actually there's a, a saying if you if you can't be happy now you'll never be happy you know because you get one thing, and you want the next, and the next, and and a big thing with confidence and imposter syndrome is comparing ourselves to other people, or comparing ourselves to who we think we should be, not not accepting who we are now. So a lot of it is about acceptance, um, accepting who we are, faults and all, and all, and recognizing our success as well, everything that we've achieved. So every person on this planet's achieved something.
0: Yeah, and and they seems like success needs definition and each person have different success.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Success is, is, it means different things to different people completely. My success might be entirely different to you know, my, my friend's success. Um, so it's finding what is right for us uh, and being happy with that. Um, and not comparing, I would say, you know, don't compare your chapter two with someone else's chapter 20 because whatever you're doing, it's easy to look at someone who's further ahead, but they're further ahead because maybe they've been doing it for longer, or they had um, a, a stronger start, you know, a, a stronger start in their education or something, or they're older. So actually, you've got to get through chapters three, four, five, six seven, to get to 20, but you will get there. It's just, you can't, you can't start a book and read the ending. What's the point? You wouldn't pick a book or read the first page and forget that. Just read the last page. It wouldn't make any sense. There'd be no enjoyment of the book. So you, you're on your path and your path is yours. You can't fast forward ahead. You just have to take each chapter as it comes.
0: Yeah. I find my clients feel overwhelmed when they, when they like looking too ahead. And, and when we reverse engineer, how many actions that we would take uh, to get there, they feel overwhelmed and they imposter syndrome and they procrastinate. They they not really go further. And it's really easy that if you are not past chapter one, two, three, four,
1: how can you get to chapter twenty? Right? Yeah, it's, it make it makes sense, doesn't it? But we're we're so we're always thinking so far ahead. And and you mentioned being anxious and anxiety and and that's the definition of anxiety. It's, Anticipatory fear, fearing something in the future that hasn't happened yet, um, but that's what happens when we're always trying to live twenty chapters ahead. Um, that's why those feelings come up because it's the unknown it's it's we don't know what's what's at that chapter yet we're not there um, so yeah, yeah taking each step as it comes and what what's the very next step to get me to chapter twenty what what's the next step? not thinking about all the hundreds of steps to take to be where you think you'll be successful.
0: So when any clients come to you, like um, the process that you will be able to unlock their limiting belief,
1: would it be hard? Like would that require many sessions in general? I usually work on a 12 session program um, and it's got three distinct phases. So Um, The first phase I call uncover. So it's got uncover, recover, and discover. And the uncover phase is getting to understand that person and what are their limiting beliefs, what is holding them back, um, what are their strengths, what are their values. I do a lot of personality testing, so I like to do Myers-Briggs and things like that, some... um, Language and behaviour profiling, and it's really it's quite a it's quite an intense process of understanding and analysing that that client and helping them understand themselves. And the reason I do that is the example I give is in Myers Briggs, I'm an ENFP, which is someone that's really it's quite scatty, uh full of ideas, creative, um, not a complete finisher. Yeah, I'm an ideas person. I've got a great idea, but I can't, you know, someone else has got to execute that idea. Um, I'm not organised at all. And and this contributed as well from, to my imposter syndrome, because I worked in a, my last corporate role, very um, linear organisation, very structured, lots of processes. And that didn't fit with my personality type. So I thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't think the job was wrong, I thought I was wrong. And actually once I profiled myself, I realized that's completely the wrong job for me. No wonder I felt like an imposter, I was. And so then working with my natural gifts rather than against them, I'll never be organised. I mean, my desk at the minute is an absolute, Yeah, I'm glad you can't see it. It's a mess. It's always a mess. (laughs) I write on the back of bits of paper. My filing is terrible. Um, But I get the job done in my own way. And so working with that, so I work with, um, I use whiteboards a lot. Because if I write anything into a planner or anything like that, I recognize it brings up some anxiety in me because it feels so final. Like I've written it in, it's got to happen. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that might change. Well, I might move or I might do something different or with a whiteboard, I can write it on knowing that if I change my mind, I can wipe it Mm. off and write it Mm. again. And I haven't, it's not as final. So I work with, my personality type and how it works best. So uncovering that for a client, they often have a real light bulb moment and go, okay, so I'm trying to fit my square peg in a round hole and it's no wonder I feel rubbish. Um, So when they understand that and what their core values are is a really important part of that phase. So working with their core values rather than what they think they should want. um, and recognizing that a lot of someone's unhappiness is because they're not in alignment with those values. So my highest core value is freedom. So me having a job where I work 60 hours a week was never going to align with freedom. That's a lot. 60 hours, yeah. sorry. So it's never, I was never going to be happy doing that. And it was a really, it was a well-paid job and it was a very prestigious role and my boss was great and my team, everything was great but I was never going to be happy. I need freedom. I need growth. I need adventure and variety and doing the same thing every day for 60 hours a week and not being able to do anything else didn't give me that. So when a client tell, when we work out what their core values are and then we work out where are you living in alignment with them? Where aren't you? You can often find the disconnect is contributing to their unhappiness and, and their lack of, confidence and clarity and things like that so that phase is really quite analytical and quite revealing and the the person will understand a lot about themselves they maybe didn't understand before so that's our baseline then who are who are you and then we do the recover phase which is healing old wounds Looking back at limiting beliefs, where they came from. So this, this is more of the hypnotic phase of um, we get into the subconscious mind then. We start to heal old wounds. We start to um, stack up new empowering beliefs and affirmations. And that's when the person will start to feel like they're moving forward. And then the discoverer phase is okay, now you understand who you are and you understand why you're like this. What do we do moving forward? So what are the new empowering beliefs that you want to install? What are the, what is the new persona? What is your new, what is your identity that you want to convey to the world? And then we finish the 12 weeks with them hopefully feeling like they've, you know they've got a new set of wings and they're ready to go. just like head head on uh, for what they want and also recognize the happiness and contentment in what they've got already as well. Mm, yeah,
0: that really makes sense. So in case anyone wants to work with you, how can they reach out to you then?
1: Uh so I, I'm um on my Facebook page, Charlotte Mother. I'm on Instagram, that's Charlotte Mother underscore as well, and I have my website, so that's Charlotte Mothercoaching.com. And I offer anybody that's interested in working with me a free initial call um, where we can just have a conversation to see if it's the right fit for both others going forwards. Thank you so much for joining me today, Charlotte. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it.
0: I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey, so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show notes at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it, because. You deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.